Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Are you ready for part two of our conversation with Marty Reed, a collegiate national champion who's now an inspiring author, speaker, and leader of one of the most important sports organizations in the United States? Well, take a moment to buckle up because we're going to get started right now. Marty Reed wrote a book titled Utility Player Life, but she wasn't always that way. In fact, she even described herself as a, quote, selfish athlete growing up. I want you to hear what lessons she learned and how you can learn from her mistakes in part two of our talk with Marty. Let's jump in. What's something you wrestled or struggled with in middle school or high school? Trying to be perfect, trying to be the best at every single thing. You know, it wasn't enough for me to just participate. If I was going to participate in something, I had to be the best, which involves a lot of pressure and thinking at myself in middle school and my young age. Being the best at things can definitely hinder your growth mindset, right? If you're only focused on being the best, you're focused on the result. And that that also has to do with other people around you, right? It can get you caught up in comparing yourself to others. Or my struggle back then was was focused on the results rather than the process and just learning and being okay after making mistakes and having that freedom and that space to not be perfect. I think if I could have provided myself with that a little bit better and navigated that better, um, I would help kids today do that. Given all your success, how do you give back and help others? So full time, I serve an organization called Positive Coaching Alliance, and we're a national nonprofit dedicated to really help shape the culture of youth sports to be a positive experience for kids. We really want kids to get the benefits out of sports where they learn life lessons, they have fun, and they learn to value themselves as human beings and not just as athletes. Uh, So I work with Positive Coaching Alliance. I go out and I speak a lot to um, schools, youth sports organizations. So I give back in that way. I also um, helped launch an initiative all around how sports can battle racism. So really focusing on creating inclusive environments and championing diversity and using sports as a platform and a tool to battle discrimination. I give back in those ways. I'm also a youth leader within my church. I attend New Dawn Christian Village. So I love just working with kids and starting young. You know, I think it's important while kids are young and their minds are so easily influenceable, we got to make sure that all kids have a trusting, caring adult around them, right? And that are leading by example. So not just talking the talk, but walking the walk. I think I try my best to lead by example and spend a lot of time around youth so they can see and have that representation, see someone that looks like them doing things and plant that seed for them so they can become whatever they want to in their mind.
Well, you shared a lot of different skills and ways that you help others, but it, it sort of reinforces how fitting your book title is, Utility Player Life. Tell me about the inspiration behind that book. Thanks for mentioning that, Sean. Yes, my book, Utility Player Life, I wrote back in 2019. Um, when I was in college, I was that weird kid, I'd say, that was going to different meetings on campus, outside of sports, partly because in order to keep those academic scholarships that I got, I had to attend a lot of meetings and do community service and everything like that. So it was a blessing in disguise. It helped me become a more well-rounded individual. So being involved with so many different things and so many cultures and networking, I learned a lot about the transferable skills that you're going to need in life beyond sports and putting those things into practice while I was at UCLA. Speaking to my professors and different mentors and asking them questions. So by the time I graduated, I had different job opportunities and offers. I used to go on informational interviews while I was um, a student athlete, which would be sitting down with my professors, my teammates, parents, anyone that they knew, and just asking them questions about what they do, how they got there, any advice they have for me. And I'd take notes and I'd listen and I'd learn and I'd put them in practice. Then when I graduated, I had multiple job offers and internship offers where all my teammates and all my athlete friends and counterparts were struggling to know what they're going to do when they graduate, what they're going to do when their time is up for sports. And they all started messaging me on Facebook. Marty, how did you get a job? How did you know what you want to do with your life? How did you start asking me all these questions? And I was like, oh, my goodness, there's a need for this. We need help in navigating life beyond sports. And the more I talked to them and the more I got to know, wow, it's not just about what am I gonna do after I'm done? It's also about who am I? So utility player life is all about navigating those transferable skills into who you are and what you're gonna do with your life beyond the playing field. I talk about being a utility player because that's what I was in sports. I played multiple positions. And in life, we're going to have to be able to play multiple positions and adjust and adapt. So I talk about the different positions we play in life. We're all a family member to someone, right? We're all a friend to someone. We're all a student in life. Even if you're not a traditional student in school, you still should continue to learn, right? And and seek information and grow in your life beyond school. Um, I talk about how we're continuing to be an athlete in life. That's how you keep your competitive mindset and you keep that health and fitness journey as well beyond the playing field. I talk about how we're professionals in life. That's what we actually do for work. And then beyond that, a community member in life. What are you going to do to give back? So each chapter in the book is how we can use sports and the lessons we've learned and the skills we learned and the character that we've built in sports to take us where we want to go in life. And I have utility workouts at the end of each chapter, which are those tangible tools that they can implement right away. So people read this with their teams or even as an individual and can really start putting these things to practice. I'm just helping athletes connect those dots and beyond athletes, anyone that has a competitive mindset and are open to really reaching their full potential in life. That's why I wrote the book and that's how the book's been used in helping different people and athletes.
That's such a great perspective. And I love how you frame it. And I think one of the things that I've spoken with recent guests about John Tower, who's the head basketball coach at the University of St. Thomas, and Anthony Tolliver, who played, I believe, 12 years in the NBA. And we had this discussion about role players. And that's such a negative thing, as you know, like in basketball, like you don't want to be a role player because somehow that's less important than being the leading scorer or something. Do you feel like that's a challenge for young people today to embrace this idea of being a role player or to be a utility player? I think so. I think it's a bit of a challenge because what what the media shows and what society values and rewards and right highlights are always the star players, the ones that make the winning shot or the ones that, you know, get all the endorsement deals. So I think oftentimes kids get caught up in being the star player, but they don't realize how many role players and like Draymond Greens and those people that make the entire team so much better right and like we couldn't have a Jordan without uh, Pippen all the other guys that are surrounding him and making him better it's it's so important to understand that everyone plays a role on the team and when you think about national championships and all these other goals that athletes set in their life if it's Olympics or anything like that those that play for something that are bigger than themselves are the ones that end up, you know, making it further. When you understand that it's going to take the entire team and it's never just one person that's going to win it all, that's when the team works better together. That's when the team can really kind of jump out of the gate and achieve so much more success. And I learned that at UCLA. Before I got to UCLA, I'm not going to lie, I was a selfish athlete. I thought about Marty Marty Reed first and Marty Reed only. If I went for a game and I went four for four, but we lost the game, I'd be like, hey, I still did pretty well, though. You know, my stats are still high. I'm still making the dream team. And I never won any championships in high school. But when I got to the UCLA, they taught me the dynamic and the culture of a team over self mentality and how you have each other's backs and how we're only as good as, you know, the weakest person or the person that's going through something right now. So everyone has to work together and support each other for us all to achieve greatness. So knowing that and shifting that mindset really helped me to understand what true championship mentality takes. And that takes sacrifice and letting others lead sometimes and you be the supporting role. Marty, I think back to the fact that you literally had scholarship offers to other big programs and you chose to walk on at UCLA. But had you taken one of those scholarships, I don't think anybody would have been upset or disappointed in you. And you likely would have been the star in those teams. So what in the world made you say, I'm going to pass those up and, and go the UCLA route? That's a good question. A lot of people thought I was crazy. I thought I was a little crazy too, but there's something with the spirit and the divine future that was set. I'm telling you that moment when I saw Natasha Watley playing in that UCLA uniform, it was hard for me to get that image out of my head. It was hard for me to walk away from that. And it was hard for me not to find a way to make that work. I was so determined and I remember when I was on my travel ball team getting looked at by schools and I'd have so many colleges sitting in the stands watching me, supporting me, emailing me, ready to offer me full ride scholarships. And I remember my travel ball coach being like, she's so set on UCLA. She doesn't even care who's in the stands. She doesn't even care. 
I feel like when you have a dream so big that's set in your heart and you have faith, like this desire backed by faith, there's no such thing as impossible. Hmm. And I had that faith and that desire that kept me going and kept me seeing that future. And when you have that vision that's planted with that end goal in mind, doors start to open in other ways. Right. So it was big enough for me to say no to a temporary opportunity that was bigger in the moment. But that long term, yes, was burning so deep inside that I couldn't ignore it. And wasn't she a coach on that team as well? Yes. My freshman year, um, Natasha Watley was our voluntary assistant coach. I got to train under her and be taught by her. I remember when I was younger, I used to pretend I was her out there on the playing field. I used to like mimic her moves and everything. Marty, let me ask you this too. If you would have maintained I am the star mindset, what would have happened with your UCLA experience? I would have transferred to another school because I wasn't even getting playing time until like my sophomore, junior year. And like I said, I didn't have an athletic scholarship until my junior year. So knowing that I could have been starting on other teams and receiving athletic scholarship funds and having that type of quote unquote stat, I would have transferred. I would have transferred to another school if that was my mindset and that was my goal. Last two questions for you. What's one message you'd have for youth sports parents today? For youth parents today, I would say your number one job is to be a parent first, okay? I know a lot of youth parents want to focus on the sport and teaching the skill sets and everything, but at the end of the day, you're a parent and your job should just be supporting your kid, helping them observe the life lessons that they have or that they can gain from sports. And the one thing that kids want to hear is, I love watching you play. So to parents, never forget telling your kid, I love watching you play. And just because of your organization, what's one message you have for coaches today? One message that I have for coaches is you have to focus on developing the character of your athletes and teaching them life lessons through sports. The winning is going to come, the skill sets and everything. As you're teaching those, do not sacrifice the life lessons for the scoreboard. And my last question is, what's one message you try to instill in kids who look up to you? For kids that look up to me, I try to instill authenticity, being your unique self and not caring, you know, what others think and trying your best, focusing on getting 1% better every day, which is the process and not the result. Focus on the process. Are you having fun? Are you learning? Are you growing? Because those are the things that are going to help you later in life when you look back on this experience. So have fun, enjoy it, and try to learn as much as you can throughout the process. Well, Marty, I had so much fun talking to you. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Sean. And the work that you're doing is so powerful. Keep it up. Love it. Love what you're doing for the youth. And anytime I can help out or be a part of it, I'm happy to. So thank you again for the opportunity. 
Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast, subscribe, and share. And don't forget, you can contact me through my website, seankjensen.com. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.